Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz. Thanks so much for joining me. This week is quite a big one. Uh, it's the 100th episode of the Spark Parade. Crazy, right? I don't want to go on about this for too long, but <sighs> I love this show. It's been the most gratifying and exciting thing I've ever worked on, and I'm so glad I get to do it each week. So... Thank you for listening. You're the best. Anyway, my guest this week is Kevin Drew, the leader of Toronto indie rock ensemble Broken Social Scene, and he has just put out a brilliant solo album under the name KDAP. Uh, Kevin spoke to me about his spark of inspiration, which is Do Make Say Think's fifth album, You, You're a History in Rust, do make say think of course includes members of broken social scene so it's a very intimate conversation and i really really enjoyed talking to kevin so let's stop with my waffling and get to it um quick kevin facts toronto native kevin drew is the leader of indie rock band broken social scene which has included as few as six members and as many as 19 Whew. The band has released five studio albums, and its members have appeared in numerous other musical configurations, including acts like Metric, Feist, and Do Make Say Think. More on them in a moment. Kevin has just released a new instrumental album called Influences that was released under the KDAP moniker, which stands for Kevin Draws a Picture. To get a sense of the album, imagine Kevin as a young man who spent his early 20s obsessing over Brian Eno's ambient works. Morricone soundtracks, Chicago post-rock, and the early Warp recordings catalog, and that he never left the basement, never met his future broken social scene partner Brendan Canning in 1999, never discovered a wider community of musicians, and never worked up the nerve to sing about love and spit on stage in front of thousands of people. Now take that kid, time warp him to 2021, hand him a smartphone with a DIY beat-making app, and drop him in a forest somewhere in the south of England. The results would sound something like influences. It is out now on Arts and Crafts, and I can exclusively reveal that it's great. Quick You, Your History in Rust facts. Uh, you, Your History in Rust is the fifth album by Canadian instrumental band Do Make Say Think, who were formed in Toronto, Ontario in 1995. Their music combines jazz-style drumming, distorted guitars and wind instruments, and prominent bass guitar. You, Your History in Rust was ranked by Kerrang! magazine as one of the 16 greatest post-rock albums of all time. So there you go. Uh, that's an extremely comprehensive overview, and now we can chug along to the main event. Here comes my chat with Kevin Drew about You, Your History in Rust. The first 
question is usually where did you first hear this artwork? I'm, you know, this is a little bit of a different situation. I think this is the closest relationship that uh, the artist I'm talking to has had to the artwork or to the people who made the artwork um, before. And also, this is the first time that I'm talking to somebody who is talking about an artwork made by somebody who's been on the show before because I talked to Charlie Spearin as well. So uh, anyway, that's a long preamble. Do you remember hearing this album for the first time? Well, I do. And, and, and the reason I was able to pick this and not feel like I'm promoting friends is because I do not think of them when I listen to their music. I don't know them. Hmm. The wonderful thing that I experienced over the years with Do Make Say Think was they actually did become my favorite band and my soundtrack. And I didn't take anything personally with them. Even in spending time with them and being around them, I could separate the sounds that they made because of how much it meant to me. You, Your History, and Rust was a record that sort of made me walk around with birth and death inside my lungs, and it gave me a soundtrack to my life that I thought was maybe at that time. And of course, I'm like, well, I know them, and I'm so proud of them. It sounds so great. But it transcended that for me. Hmm. So when I was figuring out what to what to choose for your your show, and I sort of did it last minute because I wanted to be honest about what I was selecting right. and i thought maybe the cover art that my friend india did of my album and and you know jenny explained to me no it can't really be about you so i immediately turned to do makes because the interesting thing is is you would think maybe it's not about me and i want to promote my friends that's not what it's about at all they don't need my promotion they've been around as long as we have if not longer but i've been able to get through life because of their music i've been able to have it support me and not think about them as individuals not to say they're not lovely individuals or i don't have great relationships with them but that's when you know especially when you know the individuals that are making it i believe the work is pure when you only think about the music itself Mm. that's how i came to select this adam yeah isn't it nice you know for people who are artists i'm assuming you know you know a lot of artists and sometimes they'll make work that you are into sometimes they'll make work that's not for you Mm -hmm. but isn't it a relief when you can just you know listen to people's stuff without having to worry about you know saying you made an album as a response (laughs) (laughs) well i think because i also own a label i've always had to figure out a way to take away the boundaries of what i think I need to listen to or or have make me get excited about sound and look at it from a perspective of, is this honest? So, so many times the music may not be exactly what I am drawn to, but if there's an honesty to it, and this is what, what owning arts and crafts over the last 18 years sort of taught me was that it was like, okay, well, I can find always, there's always a compliment in honesty. Hmm. There's always something to be said about someone being true to themselves. So I know there's that whole saying, there's bands that I didn't like. And once I met them, I liked them Hmm. because it was like, well, now I get it. Now I know who you are as individuals. So hearing you around, that's, that's not really my thing. But suddenly meeting you and seeing your energy and seeing the way your parents raised you or the historical nature of your inheritance that surrounds you. I'm going to go to your show now and understand why there's people there. Yeah. It's about remaining open, I think, to the idea that what you're into doesn't necessarily mean it's not the be all end all. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not fixed. It's like, you know, people's no. tastes change and sometimes you'll hear something or engage with something one time yeah. and think that you don't like it. And then over time you come to appreciate it. So, um, yeah. yeah. So were you, did, did you hear parts of this album as it was being made or no, no? just, just when it was no, done? I, by this point, because of and yet and yet the record that came before, oh no, no, no excuse me. That was, uh, uh, I believe that was their, and yet, and yet was the third record. I think this is their fifth record. By this point, I was in, and I didn't <laughs> want to hear. I w- wanted to hear everything when it was done. Yeah, and it's been noted throughout history how I cited them as my favorite band, and it's a little incestuously peculiar. I would argue that in meeting Charlie, they were kind of an E and B. And then after Charlie met me, it was like, hey, D's pretty cool. C's pretty cool. <laughs> they, won't, they won't give me that, but I'll take it for my own reflection. Um, but they just, for me, I was just always excited because I knew of the talent and the rhythm and the way that uh, these guys moved. I was always just excited like a teenager when I knew they had an album. So, you know, you you don't want to hear, I mean, obviously sometimes when you're a diehard fan, you want to hear all these, but I always wanted to hear what their finished thought was mm-hmm. because that's how diehard I was. I, I, I wanted to protect them from myself of my opinion. If they played me something beforehand, I would always refuse if I had the opportunity. And it's not like I really did. They were very much in their own world. They, they weren't really a part they were a part of our world, but they, they really did do their own thing in terms of sort of social scene. And we're like, oh, it's us, it's metric, it's vice. It's do you make, they were already doing their own thing. They had their own thing. They came from a background of their own thing. And um, I think that's even why it was easier for me just to just go into the cosmos with their music and not have to think about anything else except the sounds that they were creating and the songs they were making and the hooks and the rhythms and the compositions that ended up all their records. There isn't a record that I don't turn to Hmm. by 44 years of age where it doesn't make me feel fucking alive. Yeah. And I think at least for me, sometimes it's interesting to see the process that people use to create some piece of art that I love, but I like to kind of reverse engineer it. I want to have the end end result first and see what the artist's intention was, what the, you know, the thing that they were using as a goal when it's complete, listening to that, engaging with that. And then, you know, if they give people access to their process, seeing how it was created. But yeah, I think that, uh, that is the, uh, usually the way to go is, is getting the, the end product first. And that's live, right, Adam? That's when you, you hear these studio songs, so then you go and see how they do it live. And there's so many times you're seeing sort of almost a stripped down version of what they presented in the studio because the studio allows for so much option in, in, in magic. So I also know that some of my favorite times of being in shows is seeing these guys just try to, to, to emulate what they have done over the years. And it, it's, it's very, for a lack of a better word, touching to see for me how they've become a soundtrack that I've carried in the knapsack throughout my life. Um, and I have bands, like I have so much music, Dirty Three, who's another D, starts with D band. And, and uh, in, you know, in recent years, just even the Fortets and the Caribous and yeah. you know, the Juliana Barwick and, and, and all this stuff that's just stunning. But in the old school sense of 
going back. I was 19 when I first saw them, 20 years old when I first saw them. Right. And I was very much a child of instrument music, watching a band that was kind of like, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're an instrumental band and they're doing the double drum thing and the dad did it, Pavement did it, Taurus did it, and here they are, they're doing it. And then it just became something else where they just took hold of who they were as individuals and how they were a band of individuals coming together. And it was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And you, your history and rest is a record that I turn to six to seven, eight times a year, just to make sure I'm doing it. I'm okay. Mm. I'm right within these times of ever changing moments, ever changing moments constantly. And these dudes just, it's a classic. Yeah. Doesn't it make you feel lucky to have those kinds of touchstones that it's like, you know, reliable things that, you know, you can go back to again and they're kind of an anchor in life. And I think it's that lucky feeling that makes me not think about friendship with them. I would be there if I didn't know them. I know that there's nothing about them. This sounds so cold, but, but it's not, it's obviously I, I love them. Hmm. There's, you know, a few of them that I'm quite close with, and gone through a lot with, gone, gone through many, many years, 26 years. Of, but what I am trying to say as a testament to the music is I, once again, if I didn't know them, I would be exactly here having this conversation with you. The music of what they created just spoke to my lungs, spoke to my brain, spoke to my stomach, spoke to the way that I turned to music to get me to go through the world, to get me to fucking get up. So many times we're so grinded down but you need to find these moments, these pieces of, pieces of art that Sparkle Parade's about. You're trying to say, what's this piece of art that keeps you going or got you out of bed or made you say, fuck, I got to stick around. It's the most important thing to what art does to all of us as it creates an emotion inside of us that defines a little bit of identity. We're all just chopping away at our identity by what we take in and what we see and what we feel and what we sense is a part of what we want ourselves to be. Yeah, and um, just to dig into the music a little bit, I think that feeling is, th this album is so many things. Um, it's, it's difficult to categorize it. There's some songs that sound, you know, there's toughness and there's sweetness. It's soft and it's loud. It's expansive and it's small. Um, and from song to song, it's, it, you know, the, the album as a whole doesn't feel like it has a specific genre. There's, you know, lots of different influences coming into it. And I think something like this that, you know, without sounding too wanky, being able to like go on an emotional journey and have these peaks and troughs. And it's not like an album where you say, oh, there's a through line. It's, you know, consistently one thing the whole way through. And I think that adds to the feeling of um, being able to take inspiration from it is that it, it, it means so many different things in so many I different agree. ways. I agree. That's a soundtrack, right, Adam? A soundtrack. I mean, there are films where you're going to have a few pieces and they're going to just keep them going throughout throughout the you know 90 minutes, 120 minutes that you're sitting there watching the film. Or there's films where they have to cover a lot. And it's not inconsistent because there's a main theme the way through it, but... I see what you're saying about you, your history and rust, because, you know, even the ending, and let's just, hold on a second. I, I had my phone and I just want to make sure that I'm not, I just want to make sure that I'm not misquoting because it's very, there's some very, very simple lyrics in, in, in a record where they introduced vocals, you know, mm -hmm. Alex Lukashevsky from, uh, 
wonderful band Deep Dark United, let alone him, his solo career, which in Toronto, uh, he's an incredible singer-songwriter that we all turn to, uh, definitely growing up in, this, in the same time of uh, how this was all going down. And they, they, they pegged him for the second song on the record, which is stunning. But when you go to the closing album and you have friends that aren't here anymore, hmm. or you have family that's not here anymore, and grief is something that you learn about. And I could say you learn about it as you get older, but that's not true. You learn about it when it happens to you. Yeah, That's when you learn about grief. And the song In Mind, I just think it's one of the most joyous funeral anthems ever created. You know, as a child of Harold and Maude and Hal Ashby films, and when I heard this song of theirs, I thought they did it. They nailed it. They, No matter what they do from this point forward, they wrote the ultimate funeral anthem. And the lyrics are, when you die, you have to leave them behind. You should keep that in mind. And when you keep that in mind, you'll find a love as big as the sky. Mm. It's simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Maybe there's a car commercial that wants to lean into it, but it can't. Yeah. It can't. Because it's just this element of this is the truth. When you die, you have to leave them behind. You should keep that in mind. And when you keep that in mind, you'll find a love as big as the sky. I just think that that's some of the most endearing, simple lyrics that cut straight through the bullshit and just emulate what grief is about. Mm -hmm. And as you said, knowing what grief is, truly, you have to experience it. And I think for people who have lost people close to them, mm -hmm. those lyrics, you can identify exactly how it's translating the feeling of grief into words. I agree because there's no rules, you know, like there's no rules to love, which everyone would say there are, but there aren't. Um, that's just a historical teaching that is getting quite taxing as we continue in life. But with grief, it, 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 there's no rules to that. Yeah. Everyone experiences it differently and everyone has different aspects to it. And, and, and for me, I know I've witnessed a lot of it around me. I've grieved I've lost friends, um, but I do have friends who've lost some incredibly, like some lovers and some moms and dads and husbands and wives. And it's very difficult to watch them have to do this individual journey because it's individual. Right. And um, eventually everybody wants to get to the same destination of letting go. But letting go is, 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 is I think one of the most difficult emotions to get to because you have to have this really educated understanding of what you're letting go. And in these lyrics, it was just kind of let it all go. Right. You know, just fucking don't hold on to anything. If you don't know what it is you need to let go, well then just let it all go. And I think that's beautiful. I really do. I really think that that's, uh, an educational sentiment to how we're supposed to continue. Hmm. Yeah. And in addition to that uh, emotional content, the kind of vastness of the emotional weight that you feel listening to this music, I think the um, comparison to scoring for films is apt as well, that it's like the same kind of journey it feels like storytelling even though there are very few words in the album and that comparison to harold and maude as well like listening to those cat stevens songs like mm. give me it gives me chills because mm. i you know i can relate it to 
again, the grief uh, involved in, in that movie. And um, I think when you have a piece of music like this that is so evocative of so many emotional experiences that you've had on your own, and you know each person, as you said, is an individual and everyone's going to assign different emotional meanings to pieces of music. Um, but I think that's kind of the beauty of a primarily instrumental album as well, is that there's a, a little more wiggle room in terms of interpretation. Because it gives you that choose your own adventure aspect, you are allowed to be your own director when you get these albums, you are allowed to direct your own film. And that was what I realized by listening to all the Do Make records throughout my life. I fucking loved every film I was in with their albums. Yeah. I loved every single film I was in when I would put on their records and what I would vision and where I would be and the stories I would come up with or tell. Right from the beginning, they forced me to be a storyteller, a daydreamer, everything that you we're supposed to be as a child and continue being. You're constantly getting forced to fit yourself into a mold. We know this. It's it's I'm not saying anything that's, you know, by any means provocative or intellectually challenging. It's just like, yeah. You know, somebody asked me the other day, do you find nostalgia for the early two thousands? I said, why? What's changed? And it's true. Yeah. What's fucking changed? If you look from a social or political aspect, tell me what's changed. In fact, I think it might have gotten worse right. in the immunity of how much we take in and let happen. So when you have records like this and you take a title, You, Your History and Rust, it's challenging you to look at your patterns, mm -hmm. to look at your learned behavior, to look at your historical history and let it go. Right. I mean, I hope they don't hear this or see this because like, what the but this is how you know i've never talked to them about it i haven't not in because i yeah. haven't wanted to but just because it's this is also my opinion yeah yeah i'm not speaking for anybody except it's my opinion which will only ever be my opinion and i'm speaking for myself i'm not speaking for the band i i, I have no idea what record they set out to make but as a music listener this is how I'm describing it to all of you for this podcast, for the purpose of talking to you today. Right. And I mean, that's that's what this show is all about, is about thought, individual relationships between a person and the, the art that they love, um, artists and the art that they love. And I think that's universal. You create something, um, you know, you, you spend all of this time mm. uh, putting your heart into whatever creative endeavor you're into yeah. and you put it out in the world you can have every moment of it worked out you can be really clear with your intentions and it doesn't yeah. fucking matter people are going to interpret your stuff however they want to and it's going yeah. to be an individual experience for each person no matter what you do so part of it and that's another thing about letting go is just saying this is my baby. This is the thing I've been working on for all of this time and I'm ready to release it to the world. And if you're too precious about it, that can break your heart as well because it's like saying, no, I, it means something else. You're getting it wrong. And it's, it's impossible to control how other people feel and, and what their connection is to what you've done. 100%. 100% in what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, one other thing just about the uh, uh, lyrical content on this album i feel like um th this was the first time that there were any uh <laughs> vocals on on any of their albums right um 
and uh, there was um, Tamara Williamson was on in uh, yet and yet back the the third record. Uh, right, right. Excuse my ignorance to not pull out the song. I can do that I can't <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. Um, but no, they they in this record they did embrace. Yeah, I think this was the. Let me just uh, wait. Sorry, she's so unusual. Yeah. Lopper. I keep going back to Shebop. I don't know what's going on. Should I have chose Shebop? No, <laughs> yeah, I um, coincidentally I've been listening to that album a lot recently. Okay, well, for some reason. So let's fucking get down to it. I love that you said that, Adam, because I thought, do I do she's so unusual or do I do do makes a thing? <laughs> yeah, that album is fucking amazing. And I don't think it, she gets enough credit for it being amazing. It's like dominated by girls just want to have fun. But like I was listening to Money Changes Everything the other day. Money Changes It Time After Time. Shebop, uh, When You Were Mine. Like if you look at the hits and the production that came out of that, absolutely stunning album. Yeah. Stunning album. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's get back. Get back to the dudes. Yes. So just um, the lyrical content on uh, You, Your History, and Rust. Mm. Uh, some of the songs, I mean, this the second song, it feels like the one that is, you know, the, the most explicitly inclusive of vocals and lyrics. But for some of the other songs, it almost feels like an inversion of a, an expected song structure that it's like the, the vocals are like what a guitar solo would be in another song. And, you know, it's still primarily an instrumental song and the vocals come in as like uh, an enhancement that's something not, uh, you know, it's not surplus to requirements, but it's like, yeah, just just like little bits of uh, other sound coming into this like beautiful instrumental song. And I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't speak for them, but it was interesting when they used Lukashevsky, Alex Lukashevsky on vocals and. And it was the Akron family that they used on the uh, on the that track yeah. as well, because yeah, yeah. they were out on tour with them. And, and Tony Decker from uh, Great Lake Swimmers. So they tapped a lot of people that were not of a sort of singer songwriter mainstream mentality. As a music lover, I noticed they kept it within the world of art. And to not speak out of turn, I think that uh, that was where they wanted to live. Um, there is integrity that still exists in music and do makes a think certainly had it and certainly taught others how to keep it. Yeah. And, um, it was, uh, it was something to watch because you did see the sacrifice that they had to make as musicians who were looking to music for their living. Right. And that's quite admirable when you have morals because most musicians don't. Yeah. And they will argue that they do but they don't. Most musicians will do what they can to be recognized. And now they can see the reflection amongst social media and how they've been pushed aside by social media because that's actually a, a behavior that they taught. So now they're sort of suffering under the popularity, look at me, mind that exists out there right now that actually came from them. Mm-hmm. And it's squashing them now because people aren't turning to singer songwriters or bands to help them escape from where they are. They want to watch the people that are like, you can really dance and, and, Mm. you know, showing their dogs doing backflips and check out these Russians dancing, you know, with vodka in between their butt cheeks and 
all the things that capture the attention of now, there's a platform for people to show themselves. And that's when you suddenly start having gurus and false leadership and people that aren't teachers claiming they're teachers and opinions rising up. And then the whole idea of, is it this? Is it that? Is it us? Is it them? Is it we? Is it I? And that just sort of circles around the aspect of check out my crib, hmm. MTV. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the vocalists that appear on this album are, it's seamless. It, it blends sure. in. It's in keeping with what they're doing. Sure. And it's like, if it were Rihanna, um, that, that song becomes a Rihanna song featuring do makes i think and um you know that well, first kind of all of... i would just like to say if rihanna worked with do makes i think i would fucking be not <laughs> only over them i'd probably cry yeah, i would be same. so goddamn happy there'd be tears i'd shut the door i would literally turn my phone off and say oh my god thank you i tell the universe thank you so much <laughs> for letting rihanna come and work with do makes because i think rihanna and the do makes would fucking crush it but, you know, it's very difficult to try to get those two together. Yeah. And just to clarify, I'm not shitting on Rihanna. I love her. So, no, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you're not. I think yeah. this is probably, <laughs> now that you've said this, I'm like, God damn it. You're right, Adam. We got to get Rihanna and the Dumex together. And, and I mean, that's the interesting thing is just seeing like some of the, our peers working with mainstream artists and then boom, they're taken care of. Yeah. And the way that they approach music with it, it's like this genius of their way that they approach music, but they're lucky hmm. because there's so much genius within how a music's being approached. And as I said, the integrity of Dumex made that not accessible for them to get to Rihanna right. because they kept true to their, not to say Rihanna's not true to herself, but in the decisions that a lot of bands make, it doesn't get them even close to the skating rink of what the mainstream is because they've decided to be artists and just be in the, the, the realm of sort of a distributed DIY way of being able to sleep with yourself at night. But as you know, when age creeps in and the children get older and things start creeping up, it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to approach that in the aspect that you have your integrity, yet there's a talent there that goes beyond others that are out there crushing it but yeah. so much of what people think popularity is based on is talent and it's not and so many people say well how come they're not up there it's like well a lot of the times they decided to not do that because they decided to not for a lack of a better term sell out right and selling out in today's day that doesn't even exist nobody even knows what that means because it doesn't mean anything because we live in a corporate mentality because the corporate mentality won. But you have to at least still in this idea of, you know, Husker Du Fugazi Godspeed kind of, you know, reggae to the tr truest sense of how these musicians rised up and got out of Jamaica. It's like, well, that's independent. Right. That's independent. And it's up to the mainstream artists to, to, see that and say, I want to work with that. And it doesn't really happen. It's always like, well, we'll work with the Skrillex and the Diplos and the, you know, who's doing this and who's doing that. It's like, okay, great. That's cool. We all fucking know what they're doing because we all have the programs. Now, obviously 
individually, they're extremely talented at what they do. And I'm not saying we know how to do, but if you gave us that shot, the result would be the same. It would be fucking amazing. Right. But you don't have that shot a lot of the times when you don't get into the mainstream. Yeah. And I know a lot of the times people think that's because you didn't make it, but what they don't understand is a lot of the time you decide not to do it because you don't want that world. Yeah. Financially, I think it would be wonderful, but it's about a maturity of understanding how it works and seeing those who struggle within it. And a lot of mainstream artists that are fucking out there crushing it who are extremely unhappy. And you have to make a decision not to say that you're going to have that success because once again, their talent is what brings them there with their teams that bring them there. But you still have decisions to make. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, maybe there's uh, a little overlap in the Venn diagram of um, Dumakes and Rihanna and we can uh, find, find the sweet spot and um, I'll send a couple of emails. I'll see if I can make it. Happen. Yeah. You know what? I honestly, as of tomorrow, 9am I'm starting, I'm, I'm on it. Okay. <laughs> We you can, and I, we're going to, this, it's our project, Adam. Yes. Team effort. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that is a, uh, a lovely note on which to finish. Um, Wonderful. I, I really appreciate you making time for me, for me. This was really fun. Hey man, you know what? I, I, I appreciate first of all, you asking me to do it. Cause at the same time I'm middle-aged and the interviews are few and far between right now because people are like, well, I don't know. And also a lot of the stuff's not around anymore and it's just crazy, but I, I appreciate you giving me the time and also talking about a band that I love and adore and, and, and I'm grateful exists in our friends of mine, but I can transcend into a world where I just listen to the melody. That's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool thing to talk about. So I'm glad that you gave me the platform to do that. Yeah. I, it's it's been an absolute pleasure all right my friend thank you so much good luck stay Thanks. safe with you everything too. all right bye-bye Bye. that was fucking amazing uh, thanks so much to Kevin for talking to me. The KDAP album Influences is out now, so you should stream and download it because it's great. All right. Quick little inspirational work from me. Amazon Studios has uh, recently released a documentary called Mary J. Blige's My Life, which is about, you guessed it, Mary J. Blige's second album, My Life, which is my favorite of her albums and one of my all-time favorites. Now, uh, full disclosure, this is not the best documentary you'll ever see in terms of the filmmaking, uh, but I love the fuck out of this album, and it was great hearing Mary talk about it and seeing her perform songs from it. She also sang Rapture by Anita Baker to get her first record deal, and there's this bit of the movie where she's performing Rapture on stage with Anita Baker, and she starts crying, and it just made my heart explode. Uh, also, sadly, Chucky e. Thompson, who's a really influential record producer who produced quite a lot of my life and is in this movie, um, he just died this week. So it's a, a kind of fitting tribute to him, as well as just being a great look into the making of a really fantastic album. So if you love Mary J, you should give that a little watch. And that's about it. Once again, thanks so much for listening to this show. It's been incredible putting together the last 100 episodes, and, you know, here's to several hundred more. Um, if you want to get me a little celebratory present, throw a little Apple Podcasts review at me. Or steal all of your friends' phones and subscribe them to the show. Or if you don't want to be that aggressive, you can just tell them to subscribe. Easy. Uh, and other than that, have a fun week. 
full of intrigue and adventure. And until next time, bye. Hey, kids, it's the Honey Leave It Show. We just want to say thank you. We just passed the 3,000 download mark, which is a big deal for a new podcast. And so we're just really, really grateful. If you've never heard of the Honey Leave It Show, it's a comedy podcast about sex. So if you like laughing and you like sex, you should come and listen to the show. If you don't like to laugh and you don't like to have sex, please don't bother. You won't enjoy it at all. Uh, The Honey Leave It Show has new episodes every Friday on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple, of course. Looking forward to seeing y'all there. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.